Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through 1 Timothy. We're at the third chapter of 1 Timothy. And we're looking at some uh, groups of people that the Spirit is leading Paul to uh, point out to Timothy and to address some things. The first group we saw uh, was overseers. And beginning with verse 8 today, we're going to see that there is another group that he refers to as deacons. But first, I thought we would run a little bit ahead to where you can see what the whole purpose of this is. And then jump back real quick. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 14, Paul says this, I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. So he's given us understanding as to why he's writing about these things, perhaps even why he's writing the letter. But letting Timothy know why he's giving him these details. He says, I'm writing this to you, and I'm really hoping to come see you before before long. But then verse 15, but in case I am delayed. Well, there you go. He's hoping to come see him. But he's not sure what the timing is going to be. So in case he's delayed, he's writing these things down. And he says, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. Now, we'll get into more detail about that later. But I want us to see that's the reason that Paul's writing about these things. That's the reason the Spirit's moving upon his heart. Because he really wants to go see Timothy, and he's going to share all these things. He's going to examine these things uh, with Timothy. And I feel sure this will be a, has been an ongoing conversation. <clears throat> but the situation there where Timothy is, Paul's saying, hey, you need to know and be able to communicate how we are to live as the body of Christ. So the things that have been going on with these uh, teachers that he's already said something about, with the ladies that he's already said something about, um, we, we need to know how to address this. We need to know how to live. We need to know that there are people that will have leadership within the body. There will be those who will oversee. And then there will be what we see in verse 8 today, deacons. The first word says, deacons likewise. And the word deacon is diakonos in the Greek. And it simply means one who uh, is a servant. It's translated in different kind of ways. Uh, uh, deacons, ministers, servants, servants. But the idea is that a servant, literally like a waiter, an attendant uh, among the body. You know, it's one who, uh, a Thayer's definition says this, this literally one who executes the commands of another. Okay? The commands of another. And so it depends on who you're reading as far as interpretation. You know, the idea, though, is that it's someone who helps, someone who carries forth the commands of somebody else. Now, this has been, <laughs> uh, I really want to use the word perverted through the years. Because when you just say the word deacons, certain things will pop into your mind. It depends upon your background. Out of my background, the deacons were the primary leadership within the church. Okay. They were uh, nearly and often viewed as like the board of organization. Um, often they'd be called the deacon board, B-O-A-R-D, okay? 
not B-O-R-E-D, <laughs> but the deacon board. And they were viewed as the one who made all the uh, decisions and everything had to go through them, et cetera, et cetera. And it really wasn't at all what we see in the scripture of that of being a servant, okay, of being the servant. And particularly when you get finished looking at all this, you're going to see that there is a hand-in-glove relationship between the overseer and the deacons in leading and doing what the Lord desires within a particular portion of the body of Christ. But for today, verse 8 says, Deacons likewise, likewise? Well, what to what is it referring? Well, it's referring to the uh, the qualifications we saw earlier for the overseers. It's just flowing straight through. Remember, there's no chapter vision, no versification uh, within the original documentation of the scripture, which we don't have any of the original. But the the verses are just added for us for convenience' sake. So he's saying, you know, in the same way that we've seen the overseers, that the deacons likewise must be men of dignity. Now, you notice right here, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, it says they must be men. Okay, men. And the, the ESV says deacons likewise must be dignified. It doesn't say men. The Lexham says deacon likewise dignified. It doesn't say men. Even the authorized version, the King James says likewise, <clears throat> the deacons must be grave. Okay, must be great. And it's talking about the next word is uh, dignity. Okay, people of honor, that type of thing. And uh, a New American Standard says men of honor. I think men of dignity, I think it has to do with uh, the actual grammatical structure of the word. But a lot of times people will point and say, well, see, deacons have to be men. The servants have to be men. They can only be men. I know that when I was being raised, I was actually in a church one time to where they had X amount of deacons, seven deacons, because of what it said in Acts 6, choose seven men. And so it didn't matter whether the church had uh, 10 men in it, the church had 10,000, there was only going to be seven deacons because they interpreted Acts 6 as being a deacon board rather than what it really is, diakonos, just servants. They just needed help. They were just servers, okay? And so anyway, uh, there is debate in the body of Christ as to whether... Um, Women can be deacons. Uh, women can be servers. Women can be helpers. I think the scripture is open to that and that you can see that a woman can fulfill the role of a deacon. Uh, we'll see later on as we get through the next couple of episodes what it says in this chapter about that. So deacons likewise must be men of dignity or people of dignity. They must be dignified. That doesn't mean <clears throat> that, that, that they're snooty or anything like that. But the idea is that they're serious. Okay, well, serious doesn't mean that they can't laugh. Okay, it's not talking about that type of thing. But uh, one definition of that word is really venerable. Mm. The reverend, okay, the one to be revered. That title is so abused today. But what it's talking about is that there's a seriousness. There's a graveness about their understanding of the faith and of the life and what the Lord is doing within us. Again, it doesn't mean that they're old fuddy-duddies. No, not at all. But they're people of dignity. They're not double-tongued. Not double-tongued. What do you think that means? Uh, it actually means uh, it given to repetition, okay? But the idea of meaning that they speaking out of both sides of the mouth is the way we'd say it today. Uh, or are they addicted to much wine? 
Don't you love that phrase? Addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain or dishonest gain. Or this is a great line out of the King James. uh, Not greedy of filthy lucre. Okay, And so you see the qualifications are quite similar for uh, the overseers and the deacons up to this point in time. Okay, The deacon is not to be addicted to much wine. They're really not to be addicted to anything because addicted is really a form of idolatry, whether you're addicted to wine or cheesecake or power or whatever it may be. Okay, You're not to do that. Okay? But you notice it doesn't say that they're not to drink any wine. Out of my background, it was just like a teetotaling kind of thing. You could not be a dick in anything if you touched her. And, you know, they'd sit there and <laughs> guzzle NyQuil all day long, you know. But they would not do anything uh, like wine or any uh, alcoholic beverage. Well, that's not what the Scripture says either. It says don't be drunk. Don't be addicted to it. But don't be addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain. Don't have your motivation to be fondness and love of sordid gain, dishonest gain. There's nothing wrong with having resources. There's nothing wrong with being rich with the resources of the world, money, etc. Nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot wrong with being fond of sordid gain and trying to gain things in that way. You don't want that type of person to be in the servant leadership of the church. Well, I'll tell you what, our time's up for today. Uh, we'll continue on with this. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.